Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. So good. Well, hey, good morning, church. So good to see you this morning. My name is Josiah Sol. I'm the lead pastor of Freedom House Church, and uh, it's good to be in God's house. We are one church that meets in three locations, Fullerton, Costa Mesa, and live online. Would you clap and welcome all of our campuses? What's up, Costa Mesa? Meeting indoors now. So amazing. And just great to see what God is doing at our Costa Mesa campus, also our online family. You know, people join us from literally all over the world, and um, amen. So good to see people from all across the nation and everything, so a blessing. And of course, everybody in Fullerton, come on now. What's up, Fullerton campus? Yo. You know, before I do jump into the message, um, I just want to say this, and we're going to get into the Word right now because I can't wait to continue our series, but um, this Sunday is officially, it's been one year since uh, a year ago when we, uh, this whole global pandemic hit our country. And let me just say, it, is, it has been, what a year, okay, what a year. And never in my lifetime or in history have we seen something this fast, you know, shut down literally the world. And, you know, don't, don't, don't politicize it, okay? COVID is real, people did get sick and people did, did some, we had some people die from it. Um, we didn't know what it was when it first came out. We didn't know if it was going to be like the bubonic plague or if it was going to be the Spanish flu and everything got shut down. But be it as it may, here we are a year later, okay? A year later, okay? So to God be the glory. Well, here we are a year later. And all of us went through this year one way or another. All kinds of things happened. But here's what I want you to know. We made it. Come on. I said we made it. God is still on the throne. We're in church, even on daylight savings. Come on, didn't stop us, right? We're logged in online. And, and let's just, let's all together, can we start to look forward? Can we start to dream again? Can we start to, to pray? Come on, can we start to see revival again? Can we believe that things are going to get better in Jesus' name? All right? And I can't wait till COVID is gone and we don't talk about it no more. I don't even say it. Hallelujah. That's right. Let it disappear. But I just want to say I'm so proud of you, church. I'm so proud of our church family that we had to, you know, uh, mobilize in different ways and do different things. Um, but to God be the glory. You know, the church continues and we are just going to see God do something great. I believe that this year is still going to be the greatest year we've ever seen. Come on, somebody shout amen. Okay, amen. So... With that being said, would you grab your Bibles? Go with me to John chapter 13 and verse 34. When you walked in, they handed you a message outline. And let's stand together for the reading of God's word. But go with me to John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. We're going to continue our series here on relationship rehab. We had a fun time last week, and, and today's going to get even funner. It's not a word, but, you know, <laughs> funner is not a word. But we're going to have a great time uh, in God's word. We're talking about, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, um, our relationship rehab series, we're talking about healing our relationships, helping them recover, to rebuild. And what we're saying is, God, rehabilitate our relationships through your word. And we're going to read this verse because here's what Jesus said about relationships in John chapter 13 and verse 34 and verse 35. Here's what Jesus said. Someone say Jesus said. Jesus said, a new command 
I give you, he says, love one another. That's not the new command. Here's the new portion of the command. We all know we got to love one another. It's in the whole Bible. But he says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So the new command is that we got to love people like Jesus loved people. Lord help us, right? So he says that's the new command, that the new measurement of how we love people is we've got to now love them how Jesus loves them. Verse 35, he says, by this, in other words, this method of loving everyone as Jesus loves, he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Here's the presupposition. If you love one another, God says, by the way you treat one another, it will show the world that you are my followers. In other words, our relationships are to show the world that we're followers of Christ. How we treat people in our, in our lives, how we treat our family, how we treat our children, how we treat our spouses, that that is the distinguishing nature of our Christianity is how we do relationships. Lord, help us. That's right. Because that's the measuring point. It's not how, how, you know, how many verses we know, but it's how many verses we live out. Hello, right? Now, here's what I want to talk about today. The Bible tells us to love people, but have you figured out yet that in life, some people are difficult to love? Don't point. That's mean. Come on, somebody. You're like, I know. I'm here. (laughs) Have you figured out that there are some difficult people to love in your life? I want to talk to you today. We're a Real Talk Church about how to love difficult people, how to love difficult people. And um, I think we're going to get down to business. We're going to get all of your kitchen. We're going to make, what do you want? What was on chedos? What do you want? Come on, we're, we're, we're going to make it. Let's just pray. Back here. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this morning we've come to learn at your word, God. We're hungry. As David the psalmist said, early in the morning shall I rise to seek your face. So God, speak to us. And God, today as we talk about the subject of biblical love, Christ-like love, that we would learn how, God, to live this out in our daily relationships. What is biblical love? We don't want the world's love. We don't want culture's love. We want the word's love. And so, God, help us to walk in this way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. Give God one more clap. You may be seated. And then do me a favor. Costa Mesa, Fullerton, online. Turn to somebody and tell them to say, will you love me even when I'm difficult? Just tell them that. Say, will you love me? Tell them that. Even when I'm difficult? Tell them that. Tell them. They probably laughed and said, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm, I don't know. I'm, that's why I came to church. <laughs> Give me some paciencia. Give me some patience, Lord, up in here. You know, Will you love me even when I'm difficult? Here's what I come to realize. There are three ways to do relationships. Three ways to do relationships. You can do relationships the culture's way, failing. You can do relationships um, the way your family has been repeating dysfunctional relationships. Or you can do relationships the kingdom's way. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to learn the kingdom's way. I want to learn God's way. I don't want to repeat culture because culture is not working, okay? Don't follow the bachelor. It ain't going to work in your dating stuff, all right? Don't, don't, don't try to follow, you know, all that culture is. Don't try to follow, you know, music. You got to say, Lord, I'm going to follow what your word says. Say amen. Come on, somebody. So there are three ways to do relationships, and I'm going to talk about the kingdom's way. I'm going to talk about God's way because I don't want to repeat, as I mentioned last week, 
the way I was raised, and if you were raised in a, in a wonderful home, praise God, there may be some things that you should repeat, but we shouldn't repeat the strongholds. We shouldn't repeat the dysfunctions. And we say, God, I want to learn the kingdom way. So just say this. Say, Lord, teach me the kingdom way, which is how we do relationships. Now, the kingdom way, uh, this is not your first point, but if you want to just write this down somewhere, the kingdom way is love. That's the, the way of relationships. It's love. And I have to break this down because our culture, probably one of the most you know, misused, abused, overused, cornfused, confused word in our culture is love. I think we, we misunderstand what love really is and we, we misinterpret you know, um, how we're supposed to love. And I think the reason for that is because we're such an information, you know, culture that we have so much at our tips, that at our fingertips, literally, you know, fingertips, you know, uh, the phone, all that, that, that we get inundated, that we get our theology of love from everything but the kingdom. Um, we get our theology of love, you know, from songs, from music, you know, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love? I even mean, look at these lyrics. But a secondhand emotion. Come on, Tina Turner. What's love? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? You know, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, of course you need a heart. Or, or, you're, or you're like, you know, or, or there's other songs like, like, what is love? See, come on, y'all know it. Don't I? Yeah, come on, say, yeah, like, light lighters. How do you get saved? We're in church, right? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. So we associate love with like pain or, or heartbreak or, or like right away out the gate, we think, well, if I love, I'm going to get heartbroken. Or, or, or you know, um, you know they, they talk about all this stuff. Or we get our theology of love from movies. The Notebook, Ryan Gosling. And, and you're like, you know, that's what love is. You know, we're going to get together and, and we're going to, you know, love each other. And then when we get older and we die, you're going to come lay down and we're both going to die together. And then my wife looks over and says, would you do that? I'm like, it's a movie. I don't know when we're going to go. But if it goes like that, I'll lay down, I guess. You know, but, you know, we get our concept of love, from, or we our theology from, from movies or, or like Jack, you know, I'll never leave you. But she didn't let him on the, on the wood. There was room for both of them. There was room, girl. Scoot over. Anyway, you know, or, or, we, or we get our love from, you know, a, a walk to remember. We think, oh, we're going to fall in love. They get a big argument, and then they're going to make up, and then by 90 minutes, the whole problem is over, and you're like, that's the way I want my marriage to be. And it's like, girl, he's getting paid millions to make it up in 90 minutes. I will do the same. Just kidding. You know, so it's acting. You know what I'm saying? And so, so what, what point I'm making is we get confused what love is, so therefore we're acting out not kingdom love, but false love, and then we end up having false expectations. We hurt each other. We don't know how to love in the church. We don't know how to love at home. We don't know how to love people in our family, in our marriages. We don't know how to love people that are around us, and we dilute this word called love, and it breaks all our relationships because watch this. We dilute love to a feeling, an emotion, which is, stay with me here, the lowest level of love is feeling. Again, you do, you know, I, you know, I, I get, a, you know, get that feeling. My wife, you know, like, oh, I love you, girl, right? But here's some real talk. 
Because that's the only way. In fact, if you're new to church, I just got to tell you, we're a real talk church. So if this is too real talk for you, maybe you come from a church persuasion where you're like, like they, the preacher shouldn't be that real. We are, that's, if it ain't real, it can't heal. Just say amen. Okay. But there are going to be moments in your life that you're not always going to feel love. It got quiet. I would be lying to you if the, every single day I said, I always feel love. Pastor Marie, I always feel frustrated sometimes. Come on, somebody. You know, I'm human. But the point I'm trying to make here is that we can't dilute love to just a feeling. Because if you feel, if love is only a feeling, then what do you do when you don't feel it? You leave. What do you do when you don't feel it? We give up. What do you do when you don't feel it? I'm out of here. You see, what we need is a love rehabilitation. Bring out the log, y'all. Bring out the log. The people need to see the log list. Y'all didn't even want the log last week, but we're bringing out the log back this week because, you know, put it out right here. Just, just lay it right there in the front. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, there it is. Boom. There we go. Yeah, let them see the log. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Great job, fellas. You guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. Bring out the log. So, so watch this. I talked about the log last week. Y'all don't like the log. Y'all trying to avoid the log. But log ride, hello. So, <laughs> but I talked about last week how Jesus said, how can you love the person in front of you if you got a log in your own eye? Remember that, Matthew 7, 3. And how do, you, how do I love when I have a log? But today, I don't want to talk. I talked about my perspective last week about how I had a log, you know, my trust issues, my abandonment issues, issues unforgiveness, and, and all, all of my issues. Um, too, many, too long to list. And these are my issues. Don't judge me. You know you got your issues. Come on, somebody. And, and so, and I had my wife, and I said, it's hard for me oftentimes to, to love her because I had to get through this. But, but, but um, some of you, you know, uh, you got a log too, okay? A long list. Some will say a long list, Okay. And last week, we had some memes. Put those memes up. In fact, let's have some fun real quick. Let's have some fun. Here's some memes. So we put up these pictures on our social media in case you're not on social media, which is not a bad thing. But, but put them up if you can for me here. Uh, put the, there goes. There's that one right there. It's, okay, look at that. That's some of you leaving church. You know, me carrying my log out of service last week. You're like, okay, go to the next one. You know, some of you are like, when I told you all to uh, go to the next slide, if you can for me, here it comes. Here, quick, 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 quick. There's, uh, when pastor says to identify your log, some of you all disappeared. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I go to the next one if you can. There's Here's some of you looking right here. Here it comes. Any day now. There it is. It says me trying to see past my log because y'all got a log. It's so long. All right. You can take it off. All right. So, so, so we talked about, you know, God help us, you know, to see through this, right? You know, what we have. But today I want to talk about, stay with me here, is how do you love somebody who has a long list of a log? So I want to talk from this perspective. When you got people in your life that you know, they have a, such a long list log and they act like they don't have a long list log. Hallelujah. You're like, you, now we're talking, Pastor. Okay. How do I love that person? Because they don't see their log, Pastor. Like if I even try to bring up their log, they're like, why are you bringing up my log? What about your log, you know? How do I handle the person that carries around a two by 40? 
<laughs> okay? Because that right there is, is difficult stuff, right? And, and, and how do I love someone who has this long list? Let me just ask this question. Anyone ever deal with a difficult person? Just raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. Anybody deal with difficult? Okay, all right, all right. Some more difficult than others, okay? If you're here saying, you know, I don't have any difficult people I deal with, that's probably because you're the difficult person. Okay. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> real talk, you know, I have no difficult people. Everybody else, you know, okay, that's just good. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> God, listen to me. What I want to tell you is that we all have people in our lives that have a long list log, relationship rehab. How do we handle people with long law, a long list logs in our lives is this. Listen to me. I'm just going to give it to you right here. We are not called to undifficult people. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm called to learn how to love the difficult person. Okay. I'm going to help you because the way you will frustrate yourself is by trying to change difficult people. Don't worry, Pastor. I'm going to change him. I'll date him and watch. I'm going to, okay, good luck. God. Amen. <laughs> I'm not the Holy Spirit. Now, I can pray for people's, you know, their long list logs, but my goal is not to change the difficult person. This message, I titled it, How to Love Difficult People, not How to Change Difficult People. So don't misinterpret, like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me how to change them. Okay. No. Jesus says the way you love one another will show the world that you are my disciple. Love will ultimately bring change. We'll talk about that here in a second. But we got to learn how to love the difficult person because that's the way you build a bridge and you build equity or influence to even speak into their lives, to help show them that. Now, really quick, because I always like talking to single people. Single people, when you're dating, let me tell you something you should learn. Learn what type of long list log they have. Because the person you marry, listen, single people, is the only person you get to choose in your family. You didn't get to choose your mom, your dad, your brother, and your sister. But you can get to choose who you're going to marry and spend the rest of your life with. So choose wisely. Okay? Learn. Be like, so tell me more about your, your long list log. Tell me more about, so what gets, what gets you mad? Really? Ooh, I'm out of here. This is a two by 45, Pastor. I'm out of this one. <laughs> You better learn that. Learn, 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 learn about it. You know, in fact, I always say it like this, is, is dating, really, like I got help the dating people. Trust me, that, that'll help them. Just, just, just dating people. Listen, listen. It's like buying a car. People say, oh, you, you never fell into a car contract. I fell in love. No, you didn't. You chose. Okay? And you said yes. And, <laughs> you know, and, and you sign. I've never fallen into a, car, into a car contract. You know, Pastor, I just fell into a car contract. Like I woke up and there was this car contract. No, right? You sat down and you talked and you negotiated. In fact, some of you, you actually think more about the car you're going to buy than the person you date. And, oh, that's gotten real tough now. Help me, Pastor Marie. And so, 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 and so that's why you end up with a limit. Anyway, so... so some of you need to apply how you buy a car to how you date someone and be like, you know, they tell you when you go buy a car, say no first, say no, then walk away. And then maybe they'll give you a better deal. Learn to say no first. Let me, hold on. Let me think about it. I don't know. You know, kick the tire a little bit, you know, see how, see how it drives. You know? Anyway, thank you so much. Praise God. Free of charge. Okay. 
So this, we have to learn to love. How do I deal, pastor, with someone's difficult, long, two by 45 list log? Is we have to learn about how God am I to be righteous, not always trying to be right. So Jesus says, watch this what Jesus says. Jesus says, I loved you. He says, love people like I loved you. We're, we're going to get somewhere. He says, I love, he says, so you got to learn to love them even with their log who are difficult. Here's what Jesus says in 1 John 4, 7, 8. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is what? God is love. And so we got to learn how to properly love and love will begin to bring change. So how do we know what love is? Here it is. I got four points. Got to move quick here. Point number one, write this down. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Love is not a feeling, love is a commitment. So I've got to recognize that the people in my life, if I'm going to love them, then I have to be committed to the love, not just to the feeling of love. Because you will not always feel love, but you will always decide commitment. And decisions are stronger than emotions. Okay. A decision will always overcome an emotion if you can learn to make a decision and say, my mind, I'm going to make a decision that I'm committed and I'm going to learn how to love. So what is love? Paul gives us a description. What is love? Baby, don't hurt. Okay, here's what love is. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 through 8. Here's what, here's what love is. Let's all read this together, okay? This is going to be fun. It's going to be great. Some of you are not going to want this, but watch the Bible. The Bible says love is what? Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not selfish or self-seeking. It's not easily angered. In other words, have a long fuse. It says it keeps no record of wrongs. 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 I'm going to keep saying it until someone gets it. It keeps no record of wrongs. It's like a guy who said, Pastor, pray for me. My wife, when she gets mad, she goes, historian on me. He goes, you mean hysterical? She goes, no, historian. She brings up everything. Anyway, all right, I better move on. Okay, I'm going to make my story. Woo, hallelujah. No record of wrongs. Amen. Verse 6 says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I love verse 8. The Bible says, love what? Love what? People will fail you but the love of God won't fail you. And you got to believe this, okay? You got to believe that when you choose biblical love, it's never going to fail. It will always bring out a great, you know, breakthrough or a great ending at the end. So we got to recognize this. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Did you realize that in the verses we read about the definition of love, not one of them, not one of them is a feeling. The Bible never said love is the butterflies. The Bible didn't say love is the goosies, the goosebumps. Now, those are cool and all, but that's not love. In fact, the first thing the Bible says love is, this is good. Lord, help me. They don't want to hear it. Jesus, I'm going to preach it anyway. Lord, they want me to tell them how to change difficult people. But Lord, how, here it is. Here, here's, watch this out. Here's what love is. Point number two, write this down. Love is Amen. Tell the person next to you, will you be patient with me? Here's this, there was your chance. If you, did, if you missed it, if you didn't say it. I think it's so interesting. 
Watch me now. That the first thing the Bible says love is, is patience. Ask me why. Because the first thing people will test in your life that you love, they will test your patience. (laughs) Can I get a better amen in the house of God? Hallelujah. That's the first thing people are going to test in your life that you love. They are going to test your patience. I love my wife. You already know I've like just volleyed it up out here, Pastor. Just, I love my wife. But ain't nobody in the world. Come on, Daryl. Ain't nobody in the world that can test my patience. Like my wife. <laughs> she said, well, I She got a testimony too. Yeah, that's what I said. I love her. Man, ain't nobody in the world. Listen, I, man, nobody in the world. I can handle it, but that can test my patience. Like her. Yosito. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I love my kids. But you already know they be testing my patience. Can I get a better amen? <laughs> Why is that? That the people we love most test our patience the most. Can I tell you why? Because they have access to your heart. Like other people, certain people you don't care. They'll be driving the freeway, tell you are number one. You're like, whatever. (laughs) You're pointing to God. Who are you pointing to? Amen. (laughs) But let someone you love do something that tests your patience. You start turning red up in your ears. Your eyes start going... <laughs> you know, shirt starts ripping, you know. Because patience is what will be required, is the first requirement of love. It is the first thing that will be required in love. And if we're all honest, we are all impatient people. Can I get a better amen? Your Wi Fi proves it. Y'all get mad at your phone. This phone's broken. Bro, it's connected with a satellite way up in the sky. You know, it's like, we are all impatient. But here is what love is. Can we be patient while God is working on them? If you love them, okay, then I made a commitment that God, I'm going to be patient while God is working on my child. I'm going to be patient while God is working on my spouse. I'm going to be patient while God is working on my family. I'm going to be patient while God is working on my boss. I'm going to be patient while God is working on my life. I'm going to be patient. Why? Because I love them and I'm going to be committed to their rehabilitation and their breakthrough. Say amen. Now, as I'm saying patient, I do always need to balance this out. I'm not saying to be patient with or tolerate uh, abuse or tolerate dysfunction or that you're, there's no room for growth. Okay, you're patient with their development. So if someone says, if someone says, well, like, I'm not going to be patient, you know, uh, and again, if you're married, obviously, you know, I'm not saying, pastor said I can just take off. That's not what I said, okay? <laughs> That's what I needed. That's the word. You know, patient, there's a whole message, okay? <laughs> What I'm saying is, okay, is is you're patient with their development, you know, but you don't tolerate dysfunction. In other words, I love you, 
but I don't like what you're doing. And you vocalize that very clear. I'm here. We'll talk about it, but I love you. We need to, we, we, and you can stop anything that might cross the boundaries. Can I get an amen? So we're patient while God, now, now what we need to recognize is, is we're patient. Now, I will say this, for those that are, are married, never compare your marriage to somebody else's marriage because you don't know what God's working on them or how God is fixing them or God is developing them. So, so let someone just say patient, okay? We need to make sure that we're running. We're running to God. Be patient, right? So many people run to the divorce court, but they don't run to the altar to get healed. So many people, they run to dating apps, but they don't run to Jesus. Come on, somebody. They'll run to different places because love is patient. Can I get an amen? And so what we need to recognize is God is not in a rush. God is working on us. Now, I need to say this because when I talk about patience, some people say, well, Pastor Josiah, God didn't make me a patient person. It was not one of my gifts. Okay. Patience is not a gift. Patience is a fruit you produce. Galatians chapter 5, go to verse number 22. Galatians 5, 22. I'm going to jump down to 22. Look what the Bible says. It says, but the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? produces this kind of what? Fruit in our lives. So patience is not a gift. Patience is a fruit that is produced. It produces love. It produces joy. It produces peace. And it produces what? Say it, say it with me. Y'all don't even want to say it with me. Say it with me. So I cannot say, God, I'm sorry, you didn't make me a patient person, so too bad, like it or lump it, girl, it's just the way I am, I'm kind of a get in a hurry type of, I'm a type A personality, and you shouldn't have married me if you don't want to, no, 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 I've got to say, God, Holy Spirit, produce in me a patience of how to deal with my child that has all these issues, because I love them, how to deal with my spouse, how to deal with my family, because I need to figure out how to be patient. Now, many of us, we weren't raised in patient love. We were raised in impatient love. And impatient love is not biblical love. And I'm going to say this. To not be patient with someone's difficulty. to Because, de- again, how to love difficult people is the title of this message. I didn't say how to change difficult people. We'll talk about that later. You know, what we can do to help them develop. But right now, how do I love relationship rehab is I've got to learn to be patient with their, their development. I've got to learn how to be patient in this area. And, and, and being impatient is a, in love is a very low-level love because when you're impatient, it can come across very arrogant. Stay with me. Because what we're saying is, I will love you when you're lovable. I'll love you when you behave, when you're changed, when you're all dolled up and all you're, you're all put together, then you deserve my love. So God says, that's not love. That, that's actually quite arrogant to think that someone has to earn your love because God says, you didn't have to earn my love. God's like, I loved you when I knew your long list log. I loved you when you were rebellious. I loved you when you didn't even, you were difficult. Come on, somebody. So we've now, God's like, I forgave you when you were unforgiven. God says, now I want you to love the difficult people and help them change. Say amen. So patience, make sure we do that. Now, number three, write this down. When do we need to love? 
We need to require patient love is required when people seem unchangeable. So what do I do, pastor, when I got a very difficult person I live with, relationship rehab, what do I do when I got a very difficult situation in my life? What do I do when my, my things seem unchangeable? This is when you got to say, Holy Spirit, produce in me patience. God, produce in me, Father, a patient love so I can help doing this. Because all of us right now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or to point to anything, but all of us right now, I know there might be someone difficult in your life that refuses refuses to change. You're like, pastor, what do I do? I have hours of conversation. I give them analogies. I show them examples. I pray for them. I try to shake them up by saying, if you don't do this, this will happen. I, I, I do this. I come to church. I read the Bible. I put it on the mirror. I, I put oil on their bed. I, 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 like I said, like I said, married people, I'm talking about like prayer oil. Okay, some of y'all, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's for the marriage conference. So, you know, I put all kinds of stuff, you know, I try to love them. I give them flowers and they don't change. What do I do, Pastor Josiah? And here's what the Bible says. You're going to have to require patience. You're going to say, Lord, Give me patience because I know there's something good in them. I know, God, you called them. I know, God, that they're going to come out better. Say amen. Lord, grow my patience. Just say this. Say, Lord, grow my patience. You know, for us, many of us, we have business skills. Many of us, we have, you know, um, maybe sales skills. Some of you might have, you know, uh, construction skills or you have a trade skills. But can I tell you, one of the greatest skills you should have is people skills. People skills. In fact, if you desire to be a CEO or a manager, you better learn people skills because your talent will only take you so far. And you're going to have to learn how to work with people. And if you don't learn the skill of patient with people's development, you will always blow a fuse when someone doesn't meet your expectation. This is why marriages have blow-ups. Because one person says, that's it, I'm tired of it, and blah, 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 blah. And anger comes, and it's because you lost your patience. Well, I, God made me with a short fuse. Ask, come to the altar, get a longer fuse. Grow my fuse, Lord. <laughs> well, it's because things always get on my nerves. Then put, ask God to put them on your heart. Okay. God, increase my people skills. God, give me patience. You ain't going to go very far if you don't got people skills. There's a lot of talented people that they, can, they cannot move up further in life because they don't have people skills. It's like you're great, but you just don't know how to work with people. God, teach me how to do this. Teach me how to bite my tongue. Teach me how to, teach me how to, how to, how to believe what you're going to do. You see, we must do this in a way that honors God and we need to do this. So if we're going to be successful with people, we must learn patience. If we're going to be successful parents, you're going to have to learn patience. You know, we got to maintain that even when people seem unchangeable. Here's what James chapter 5 and verse 10 it says. It says, it says, for examples of patience, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So the Bible tells that we should look to the prophets that had patience when they were suffering and uh, how God used them and brought about change. Because if not, here's real talk, if we lose our patience, 
then what are you going to do? You're going to scream? You're going to yell? You're going to cuss them out? You think that's going to change them? I have never met someone who said, Pastor Josiah, the way they cussed me out just made me realize. <laughs> just made me realize how messed up I was. And I had an epiphany that the way they just cursed me out was like, wow. Never heard it, okay? That speech has never been said, all right? So we got to say, God, teach me how to do this. Here's another verse here. Okay, come on. I got more verses. James chapter 5, verse 11. It says, we give great honor to those who endured suffering. For instance, you know about Job. Anybody know about Job? He says, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. And here's the story of Job in a nutshell, and you're going to find yourself in this story. Job was hurting. His friends and his family were irritating him. His wife was telling him, you know, curse God and die. He lost his finances. Work was irritating him. Life didn't seem fair. But he's like, God, I'm going to be patient that I know you're faithful. I know you're good. I know that you're at work. The Bible says that Job never gave up on the promises of God. He was patient on the power of God, of what he can do in a family, in a marriage, in a child, in his life. He's like, God, I know that love is not just a feeling. Love is a commitment. And the Bible says in Job 42 verse 12, and here's where I want to encourage someone who has been patient. Maybe you've been patient for years. You're like, Pastor, I don't know how much longer I can be patient. Well, here's what the Bible says in Psalm, uh, Job 42 12. It says in New Living Translation, so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than the beginning. And I just want to prophesy to the patient people. It's just because you're patient doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. But if you hold on to God, I'm believing that the second half of your life will be greater than the first half of your life. Why? Because you trusted God. And even if the first half of your, your marriage was difficult, God, the second half is going to be even better. Even if the first 18, 20 years of raising your child was difficult, I'm going to believe the second half is going to be even better. Why? Because we're going to trust God. And we're going to love him. Come on, somebody. And we're going to be patient. Say amen. You see, right now, every single one of us, what God is working on is our patience, all of us. And I'm telling you, like this type of message may seem like, like, man, I'm helpless because I'm impatient. But if you learn this principle, it will literally save your future. Because you know how many people I talk to or counsel that, that in a moment of impatience, A moment of, that's it. When they were closest to their breakthrough, usually. Gave it up. You know, especially, let me just, I always like to make sense, single people, like, be patient when you meet someone. Don't say, I love you. They don't know. <laughs> you have a feeling. But you don't know if it's love till you're ready to make a commitment. Be patient. Be patient. This is one of the greatest skills you'll learn in your life is, God, I'm going to be patient. And I just want to pray that over our church today. Foundational. God, teach me to be patient with what you're doing in my life. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to pray for his Father in heaven. Come on, all across this church. Come on, Costa Mesa. Come on, online. Come on, in this place. Today, God's working on our patience. When you go home and you're praying and you say, God, what you teach me today? You're just going to say, Lord, you're teaching me to be patient.
patient. Just bow your head across the room. Father in heaven, I pray for our church, Costa Mesa, online, Fullerton. Right now, I know there's people that are testing your patience. Let's just be honest. I know there is. Maybe it's a parent that's testing your patience. Maybe it's a child that's testing your patience, a spouse, a situation. Maybe you feel you're in a single season and you feel like, I've been patient, Lord. Listen, don't get impatient and just hook up with Joe Schmo from Kokomo. That's real talk. Because I've seen, you know, guys and girls say, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to hook up with Suavecito over there. And, and then you got a 40-year problem. Jesus, God. Thank you, Lord. God rewards patience, just so you know. Because patience is trust. It's your trusting in God. He rewards patience. Because it's a, it's a trust. God, I'm trusting you. How do you deal with difficult people in your life? You have to, be, you have to love them. To their development, love them. Back to life. Speak life to them. Be patient. Hold your tongue. In fact, the Bible even says that wives, you can win over a husband that isn't serving God. The Bible says by your patience, by your love, by the way you act, by the way you, you model Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's all say this prayer together. Just back here say, Lord Jesus, I realize now through your word that love is more than a feeling. It's a commitment. And today, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to produce in me patience. Yeah, there it is. To help and to pray to develop others of what you're doing in their life. Say this, I'm not going to lose my cool with difficult people around my life. But teach me patient love. Love that's self-controlled. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's sing this out. Let's just worship God. Begin to worship God. Ask Him. Come on, Costa Mesa, online. Ask God just right now to develop in you that patience in G. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.